When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, happy birthday to us, Catherine Whitaker. Day one of the French Open at Roland Garros and our sixth birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks very much, David. Happy birthday to you too. It's not very often people wish one another reciprocal happy birthdays, is it? Twins? Yes, it's, it is a weird one, isn't it? Yes. But, but hey, happy birthday to all of our listeners as well, because a lot of them have been with us from, from day one, although there were probably about 14 listeners in episode one, uh, which has grown to uh, uh, many more times that. And uh, day one of the French Open is well underway. And we are the Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph. Catherine is over there. Where are you right now, Catherine? Are you, you were next to Serena Williams's court yesterday. Where are you now? I'm in the beautifully air-conditioned Eurosport green room. Um, right. It's, um, unlike the, well, the forecast was always uh, for it to be warm, but the, uh, the scheduled thunderstorms haven't rolled in. It's merely just very hot and sweaty. So I'm, uh, I'm grabbing a few minutes of, of respite. I'm using the podcast as an excuse to grab a few minutes of respite. I had uh, just been out on court number one, a lovely amphitheatre-style court, but uh, a pretty airless one uh, and had been watching Joe Conter who has just this second tumbled out uh, rather tamely I have to say at the hands of uh, a former quarterfinalist here Yulia Putintseva I mean who is a very good a good Grand Slam big occasion and clay court player but still I think the uh, the manner of Conter's loss there will be cause for concern yeah that's a poor loss for her on paper certainly because that's a player ranked much below her and also I feel as though coming in from Rome there was real cause for optimism for for Johanna Conta fans in as much as she she looked as though she was starting to get used to what she was trying to do what really struck me though after the first set went awry I think she broke right at the start of the second did Conta and you're thinking right maybe this is it and I just I watched the next couple of games and I thought Patinsova is loving this she's just turning it into this scrappy contest and for an organized player like Conta who likes everything just so so that she can tee off and hit laser-like shots into the corners relentlessly Putinseva just doesn't allow that and and she just got she got weaved into the web of this this scrappy scrappier player who's feisty and makes it unpleasant as an experience 
I think that's true, but I have to say that this was not far better in the second set, but this was not Yulia Putintseva's best match by any stretch. It was a, a pretty poorish performance from her as well. I mean, in some ways, that has does have a benefit for Putintseva because it gives Conta no rhythm. The fact that she was making a lot of errors... Um, and hitting a fair few double faults, it gave Conta no, particularly on returns, absolutely no rhythm at all. So, but yeah, it's not like I, I, I don't want to be too down on Conta, but alarm bells were ringing for me in that one, really ringing because I think what she's trying to do with Michael Joyce is the is the right thing, you know, trying to 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 take the pressure off herself mentally, trying to get out of her head, rewire the way her her brain works the way her brain makes her think about tennis um and you know take the shackles off her game and her her right arm but it's not working it's not happening on the court it is not happening she looked as shackled as I've seen her out there really and it can be quite a tough watch um a match like that for Joe Conta because there's no plan b is there you know there's no plan b there's no um, ability to put that extra bit of spin on the ball to give herself the margin for error, which of course is particularly necessary on clay. I, I don't know. I I hope it. Uh, there comes a point where you can't keep writing off one-off losses as one-off losses. If that if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, you, I, I you think sort of we, elevate uh, them, don't you? After a while, and yeah, you have we to might say we might have reached that point. I think, but I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how she reacts to it. No doubt, she'll she'll say the right things in in her post match press conference i'll be hopefully speaking to her shortly and um i'll let you know via twitter how that goes you can see it on eurosport but yeah i i don't know i'm i'm a i'm more concerned than i i was after other recent losses should we say yeah i I mean i think you 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 wait a little until the grass in in many ways because that is a a surface on which she feels comfortable on which she did very well last year she plays all the events typically she played last year nottingham birmingham eastbourne then wimbledon so it's a proper season now that she's out in the first round sadly for her she gets the chance to do all of that again and get a bit of rhythm going but really does need to come now i mean this this needs to happen for her because, I mean, yes, you can turn it around at any time. But the, the the concern is the more scar tissue mentally that builds up, the more difficult it becomes to to banish it in the future. Um, and, so, and the that urgency, David, I don't think works brilliantly in the mind of Conta. Everything that everything that we see of Conta, and particularly the insights we get from her interactions with Michael Joyce imply that she needs to take the pressure off herself mentally somehow and the fact that she performed so well on the grass courts last year and uh, created that spotlight on herself of course the ranking points that came with it that creates pressure and Mm. Joe Conta is not enjoying pressure right now so I don't know I don't want to catastrophize she's still a great tennis player Um, she's still an incredible professional she's still working as hard as she ever has I I I just don't think it's quite as simple anymore as just waiting for it to click in what do you make of the, the loss of Venus Williams today because that's the second first round loss in a row at a slam she's had a power i read today courtesy of ben rothenberg that that's the first time in 22 years that she's lost 
consecutive first rounds at, at Grand Slams. The previous one was to Belinda Bencic in Australia. Obviously, she was in a really rich vein of form. Today, it was against uh, Qian Guang from uh, China, world number 85, 6475. Did you get to see any of that at all? Did you? I mean, do you get a feel for whether this this might now be a problem for her going forwards? Or, or I or? didn't see much of it at all. What I did see was Venus Williams practicing this morning, and she did look incredibly flat. She uh, she had a practice court booked for half an hour uh, this morning, and she rocked up fifteen minutes late uh, and hit very very um, reservedly for for five to ten minutes. Um, but that's her style, you know, that's her style. She she doesn't sprint onto a practice court and uh, look really fired up all the time. She is incredibly languid in her movements all, all the time. So I didn't read too much into it at the time. But we know that she goes through flatter periods and flatter days. And I I get why that's a good statistic, the second consecutive Grand Slam first round loss one. But I think it's a misleading statistic because during Belinda Bencic in round one in Australia, that could have, at the time, Belinda Bencic was, you know, one of the top three or five informed players that could have been a Grand Slam semi-final. So I don't read too much into that particular stat. I think this potentially can be seen as more of a, a one-off loss. But well played, Kian Wang. Yeah, Very indeed. well played, Kian Wang, because she lost her in the first round here last year. She's coached by Peter McNamara. They've been working together for for a couple of years now, quietly. Former coach of uh, Grigor Dimitrov, of course. So, yeah, I, I uh, it's a shame for Venus. But uh, I'm not sure, David, she really comes into a French Open fully believing she can go all the way. I don't know no, about you. I no, think she I thinks, think so. yeah, I'll give this my best quarterfinal. But I think she probably finds it hard to fire herself up fully. No, and I think knowing that Wimbledon is around the corner, she probably doesn't take long to reset her sights on that. Um, now, the you, you mentioned that it, that it was a flat performance from her today and, and, and a flat day in general uh, in terms of getting onto the court. The practice court a little bit late. It had a bit of a flat day feel to it in general to me. I don't know about you. I mean, the, the, we, we, we have, we've talked about this before, that Sunday starts at a Grand Slam and Sunday starts at other tournaments. It doesn't feel quite right to me. It never has. Um, I understand why they do it. They get an extra day. They get an extra weekend day. And, and therefore, you know, they get big crowds of people in the concourses buying stuff and all this sort of thing. But a lot of the stadia early on today, Elise Cornet played and Miguel Monfils played and won. And, and a lot of the stands just didn't seem very, very many people in them. It, it didn't seem as though it was really that, that much of a good day. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of Sunday starts before today. I'm sure we've talked about that before on the podcast, and I'm even less of a fan of them after today. It has felt weird around here without question. I think part of that can be put down to the fact that the draws, particularly on the men's side, a little uh, also on the women's side, haven't thrown up many mouth-watering first-round encounters. Uh, that you know, for example, the Venus Williams Belinda Bencic first round in Australia. When that came out of the draw, everyone marked their cards to to check out when that would be scheduled. And there were there were a number like that. There weren't really 
uh, any like that for for my money. Couple couple of more eye catching ones, but uh, yeah, nothing quite of that nature. So I think that plays a part, but also it definitely feels different. It doesn't feel like the the big climactic start to a major major event. It feels like. I don't know. It feels like a middle people's Sunday at Wimbledon or something, which, well, which actually it feels, I mean, that has its own sort of magic. Um, very difficult to describe. The, there are a lot of people here, without question. The the, uh, the avenues of Roland Garros are heaving with people and uh, <laughs> it's very difficult to, to get from A to B in uh, anything less than about half an hour because everywhere is so heaving with people. But those people don't seem to be filling up the stands watching the tennis. It's almost like this is this is a bonus day for them too. You know, there isn't the compulsion to sit there and make sure they drink in every second of tennis. And yes, there are good names on the schedule, and in particular for for home interest with Puy and Cornet and Monfils as well. But you know, the, it's very notable that the the sort of top five cluster of big names that everybody would want to make sure that their bum was on their seat for aren't playing today. Djokovic, Nadal, Sharapova, Serena. They're not on the schedule today. And uh, yeah, it kind of shows in in the, the feel around the place. And I, I don't know. For, for me, it's going to start for real tomorrow. Aside from... The, the losses of Venus Williams and Johanna Conter until then I mean I think I was going to say actually it's almost been flat on the court as well in terms of results not much has happened uh, at all really when you, you look at the actual matches that have taken place out there today and mainly that's because the, the players you would expect to win have won uh, Alina Svitolina was a winner she, she was actually 5-1 down in the first set uh, of her match against Isla Tomljanovic at one stage but she came through to win Sloane Stevens a very comfortable winner um, but I was I, I've been surprised in a way that there haven't been more competitive matches un- until those two that we've just had although I do see Yelena Ostapenko is a breakdown just at the moment and and I sort of feel as though she's one of those that could either go all the way or she could lose in the first round she's up against Katarina Kozlova who's a good player but you know her game is so all or nothing that, that I wouldn't be that surprised if she ended up struggling early on. Yeah, it's it's with due respect to to Kozlova, who's exciting. It's it's so little about Ostapenko's opponent, isn't it? She, she either just completely takes the racket out of her opponent's hand, or she beats herself. So yeah, it's in, it's entirely plausible that Yelena Ostapenko, the defending champion, could go out today, and that really would. I don't want to see the defending champion go out. I think she's she's good news, but it would certainly give some gravitas to 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 this day, which um, is something for, that for me has been uh, lacking. Even the matches that on paper looked quite good, like the the Monfils uh, against uh, the young French player. Um, I have to look up his name. Um, I hadn't heard of him before. Very, he's 19 years old and uh, hadn't played a tour level match uh, before today. I believe he was a wild card. That one on paper looked quite good, but it was a very bizarre flat match. The atmosphere was flat. You know, Svitolina um, against Tom Ljanovic. It, it filled up as the stir 
went around uh, the, the the site that an upset might be on, but still it never caught fire in, in the way it should. You know, Svitolina is the joint bookie's favourite for this title, and she was 5-1 down, and it just, I don't know, didn't feel like it should for day one of a, a slam. Look, it's still... It's still still lovely. Monfils against a, a guy called uh, Bonchetri, or something like that? Bonchetri. That right? That's right, there we go. Uh, anyway, he won the first set against Monfils, but uh, ended up losing 6-1, 6-2, thereafter. Um, I'm just also looking, I mean, we're talking about players in form. Now, I'm, I'm well aware that we're talking to you midway through matches and things might turn around and we end up looking stupid, which I'm absolutely fine with. But Alexander Zverev, 6-1-4-1 up, 3-1 up, sorry, first first set and a half of his Roland Garros. That is exactly what you want to see if you are a, a player who's going to contend for this title. Okay, Barankis, his opponent, is somebody who hasn't done an awful lot lately, but it's just statement stuff again, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's only a first round statement, but it, it's... Yeah, it's, it's yeah winning a tournament like this, which has to be what his goal is, is all about uh, being clinical in these early rounds isn't it so he's you know you, you can't win it in the first round but he looks like he's uh, doing a very professional mature job uh, albeit against a uh, you know it, it's a good draw it's a good draw with due respect to, to Barankis a former junior number one um, but uh, yeah then yeah another one of those I, I felt like had he got a slightly more exciting draws Verov he could have been one of those that could have got embroiled in a in a in a thriller in a first round thriller you know but it um, yeah, didn't happen I just saw him serve volley on a second serve that was quite interesting the other thing I just saw David uh, uh, on the monitor just in front of me was what will likely very likely I reckon be the Last ever French Open match of Francesca Schiavone. She took it to a second set tie break, um, but she didn't quite have enough in the end. Oh and uh, pretty emotional scenes as she waved goodbye to Roland Garros. But, you know, she still qualified and did incredibly well to do so. I've just been interrupted by Mats Verlander. Hello, Matt. Um, which is uh, probably an opportune moment, David, to tell you that I need to go and um, do some work. Yeah, probably a very good opportune moment to do that. So you go and do that and we'll have a chat later. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. 
Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. We're, we're back. Uh, it's about an hour and a half later. I'm sitting in pitch darkness after one of the biggest thunderstorms I've ever seen in Solihull. And uh, there's been a total power cut here. Catherine Whittaker, meanwhile, is in Paris and has just been speaking to Johanna Conta after her defeat. What does she have to say, Catherine? Yeah, it was really interesting. I think it's fair to say that uh, as much as we all, sort of the British press, like Joe Conta, expectations aren't always that high for a press conference like that, that you'll really get the the deep uh reflection on on what's happened that you want she you know she's she's somebody that likes to frame things for herself in as positive way as possible and i think it's fair to say that you know journalists aren't always keen to do the same so yeah it it was you know there was absolutely no catastrophizing from her she was very committed to uh, to remaining with michael joyce i i believed her when she said she she still believes in that relationship and uh, you know she just said she had a bad day today there were a lot of quite pressing questions about the game plan and the lack of plan b and the sort of stubborn relentless commitment to 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 the plan a of just going for broke all the time even though plan a very clearly wasn't working she said look I have a style of play. I wouldn't be being true to myself or giving myself the best chances if I tried to to play any other way. So, yeah, that's all fair enough. We know what kind of a character she is. We know, you know, how she has to work mentally in order to to get the best out of herself. There was this just this one moment though, David, where that sort of veneer, that little bubble she exists in, kind of fell away for a moment, and she. She said, kind of, look, this is really, really hard to come into a room like this and be interrogated about, you know, why you keep losing tennis matches at, at the French Open. And as much as she she tries to, to remain in that bubble, it is incredibly difficult to, to do so and for that not to exist somewhere in the back of her mind, you know, for her not to hear all of our criticisms and all of our, our questions. So I kind of like that. I like that she, uh, you know, she used, she used a a bad word in there david <laughs> she yeah i won't repeat the bad Ooh, which word one? it began with b it began with b and i Did sort it? of thought okay. yeah i angry joe conta I, I quite like that and then of course she returned to being endlessly polite and uh, and nice and uh, and um considered but uh, which you know which which has its place as well but i kind of i liked that glimpse of and- angry joe conta but it did create uh, yeah, an interesting atmosphere for the room in the room for uh, for a few minutes. Meanwhile, a, a completely different set of circumstances for Alexander Zverev. We were talking about him a set and a half to the good, and I, I mean he cleaned up uh, Ricardo Barankis in three straight sets, no trouble at all. However, Yelena Ostapenko lost the first set seven five. What's going on with her? She's just lost, David. This second, in fact, what I can hear over my wow. shoulder 
is uh, the the sound of the post-match interview it must be uh, with Kozlova happening on Philippe Chatrier 6-3 second set literally happening as we speak Yelena Ostapenko must be uh, trudging her way off Philippe Chatrier yeah this very moment which probably means we should (laughs) re-record that whole first section about this uh, first Sunday of the French Open being a bit underwhelming (laughs) But but doesn't that just say everything? A, a about what the way a day can turn out, you know. And it was underwhelming early on. It was quiet. It was dull, and yet, as we said, she felt vulnerable really right from the off. And she is that sort of explosive player who wins the thing out of nowhere and then absolutely crashes out of nowhere. And uh, oh, played well played Kozlova. But I mean, that is quite. Quite a story. Um, so Yelena Ostapenko, defending champion, out. Uh, and again, that opens things up even more, doesn't it, Dan, in that section of the draw. And, uh, well, we'll see, we'll see who ends up benefiting from it. I mean, this could be one of those grand slams, couldn't it, where we get a couple of finalists that we would never have expected again, so, same as last year. Yeah, it could be. It could be, or it could be one that goes, you know, entirely entirely to form. I certainly... <laughs> I certainly I assume you're talking about the women's side, David, because uh, the the tennis podcast predictions uh, spreadsheets came in last night for the French Open, and uh, the ones I looked at, there wasn't anybody brave enough not to predict Nadal to win the men's title. Yeah, even though the algorithm we've we've carefully developed, or rather, uh, nerdy math, my brother is carefully developed, does reward risk. That's always a good thing to know. Uh, but but it's, 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 not, it's not a risk that anyone's prepared to take, clearly. Nick, Nick Kyrgios isn't going to win it. He's, uh, he's withdrawn from the tournament. We did wonder whether he might. Uh, he was supposed to play Bernard Tomic, who came through qualifying, of course. But they, they had quite the story today, trying to find somebody to replace Nick Kyrgios, because they went down the lucky loser list. I think about eight players had pulled out, so loads of lucky losers had already come in. And in the end, Marco Trungaliti from... Argentina, 190 in the world who'd lost in the qualifying. He turned around his journey and he started a nine-hour journey back, which he's currently still undergoing because he's due to be playing 11 o'clock tomorrow morning against Bernard Tomic on court number nine, the new court nine. So, I mean, what shape he's going to be in when he gets there, who knows, but what a road trip. Eight lucky losers uh, (laughs) uh, have got into the draw this year. Pretty extraordinary, and I'm sure... Um, that number w- wouldn't we wouldn't have a number that high if it weren't for the rule change uh, subsequent to, to Wimbledon last year about the the splitting of prize money if you withdraw um, prior to the match. I think we we potentially would have seen some of these players attempting to play or retiring mid match. And so, as much as that sounds like quite a high number, I think it's a it's a high number that indicates a, a good. Uh, a good bit of progress uh, for tennis but yeah it's it's a big old number and uh, I think the the next the next direct uh, lucky loser entrant was unable to make it here in time he 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 literally couldn't get back he'd gone on to another tournament I think and uh, yeah wasn't able to get here in time to to face Bernard Tomic on court number nine tomorrow morning it sounds it sounds so antiquated that it's still a system um, that involves physical signing you have to physically get yourself to what is it the tournament referee's office as as quickly as you possibly can to to sign in to take a lucky loser spot you think it would be sort of 
automated in some way and involve iPads. Indeed. Um, well, I, Catherine, I would just, we've got about three minutes left, I would take everybody through the, the order of play f- for tomorrow, but we've got a power cut here, so I don't know what it is. <laughs> I had it on, on my laptop not long ago, but that's gone. Whereas I have the app, the Roland Garros app, open in front of me, David, and uh, I'm unable to find the order of play on it. Oh. Because uh, I, uh, I haven't been asked yet by uh, <laughs> Google Play to review the new Roland Garros app. Uh, but uh, yeah I'm not sure at this stage I'd be reviewing it all too favourably it's fair to say it's it's had a a pretty uh, that and the website have had a pretty bumpy launch into the world I mean I genuinely I I, I cannot find the order of play no which Um, is not correct but I know that uh, on Philippe Chatre Kvitova is up first there's Wozniacki uh, who takes on Daniel Collins which I know is upset alert for you oh yeah uh, and then there's another match that I can't quite remember David and then there's Nadal right okay and then uh, on Longlen I know Sharapova plays on Longlen uh, last and um, that's about the extent of my memory yeah, yeah. and I know Heather Watson plays on court number three and Cameron Norrie plays on court number six. Right. Okay, so those two are in action. Well, that, that's a, that's enough to, to be going on with, Catherine. That's not a bad memory. Uh, so thank you very much for that. Um, you can go and do some more work. Uh, I can also just let everybody know that James Ward, we were talking about yesterday, got to that Loughborough final, eventually lost in the Loughborough Challenger final, but a good effort from him to have got there at all. Uh, don't forget our competition for La Manga Club is up and running. Uh, tennis pod castaways you could get yourself a three-night uh, holiday in Lamanga club and gets two days of academy training with their coaches you basically just have to show your appreciation for this show by getting a picture to our, one of our social media outlets showing yourself maybe in our merchandise or or, or listening to the show in wherever you think would most uh, but using the part. hashtag tennis pod castaways david crucially it is yes thank you very much Catherine. right go and speak to some tennis players and we'll be back with another tennis podcast for you tomorrow a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.